Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today's reading is John 3, verses 1 to 21, and I want to encourage you to make sure you've read the passage before you listen. I've always found it interesting that John makes sure to point out that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Sometimes the writers of Scripture give us these little details that seem very small or superfluous. But by including such a minute and strangely unnecessary detail, it's obvious John's seeking to make a point. I think John is not just speaking of the time in which Nicodemus came, but the spiritual condition of Nicodemus. Nicodemus is referred to as a ruler of the Jews, and this probably means that he's part of the Sanhedrin, the ruling body of the Jews. And now he comes to Jesus to look for answers. Jesus tells him that in order for Nicodemus to see the kingdom of God, that is, to enjoy a relationship with God, after all, what is a kingdom but a king ruling over a people? In order for him to enjoy this relationship with God, he has to be born again. There's not a ritual to perform, not a series of truths to memorize, just to be born again. What a curious picture. And sadly, it's one that's lost on Nicodemus. Nicodemus is so caught up in the things that he has to do and the things that he has to believe that he cannot conceptualize what Jesus is talking about. When Jesus speaks of the new birth, he's not merely speaking of new life, but of helplessness. Notice how Jesus puts it. He says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. In other words, if I rely on me, if I rely on the things that I do, the things that I say, the truths that I believe, my heritage, etc., there will be nothing accomplished. Jesus says that our only hope is to be born of the Spirit. That is, the Spirit must be that which gives us life. We can't achieve it on our own. God gives it to us. Jesus also points to the wind. When Jesus points to the wind, he says, we don't see the cause, we see the effects. In other words, we don't see where the wind comes from, we just see where the wind blows. And in the same way, our good works, that is, our faith, our love, all of that are the effects that the Spirit brings about in our life. Jesus says, in order for us to be saved, all we have to do is to look to him. He reminds Nicodemus of the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. Back in the book of Numbers, the children of Israel, they were complaining, and God sent these serpents into their camp. The serpents bit them and were causing many to be on the verge of death. God told Moses to make a brass serpent and to raise it up. And God said that whoever looked to that serpent would be healed. It's not something that they could do through home remedy. It's not something they would ultimately get over. All they had to do was look to that and they would be healed. And in the same way, Jesus says, all we need to do to receive eternal life is to look to him. And aren't you thankful that salvation does not depend on us in any way, but totally and completely depends on God? 
I've heard people talk many times about losing salvation, but the real question is, if our salvation depended on us, not how could we lose it, but how in the world could we keep it? We sin, we're broken, we make mistakes, we commit errors. But you see the promise of Jesus? The promise of Jesus here is that we don't have to keep our salvation. He keeps it for us. When I stand before God, I stand in Jesus. And since my salvation was accomplished by Him, it depends fully and totally on Him and therefore is totally secure. What a gracious gift of our Father. We want to ask ourselves our three questions uh, here for John chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. First question, what does this teach me about God? Well, for one thing, we can't read this passage without being in awe of the love of God. John 3.16 may be one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. And how does it begin? God loved the world in this way. The verse is not simply about the amount of God's love for us. God loved the world so much. But the display of God's love for us. That is how he loved us. God loved the world in this way that he gave his only son. You see, what John is writing here, what Jesus communicates is God's love is not about the enormity of emotion he feels. It's in the generosity he displays. God's love is not that he's overcome by emotion for us, but that he gave his own son so that we could have life in him. Second question is, what does this teach me about me? Well, when we speak of being saved, we must ask the question of why we need to be saved. When we read the Bible, we're always asking what the author intended to communicate. And as we seek to understand that, one of the ways we can get insight is to see how they use certain words. In John, in the book of John, so far the word world has been used in two ways. It speaks of the world as in the people of the world. But it also spoken of the world as in the system of the world. Remember in John 1, he came into the world. He came into the planet and the world, the system of the world, did not receive him. You see, John often uses words with these double meanings. And here in John chapter 3, when Jesus says, for God loved the world in this way, what we see is that the way he uses the word world is that the world deserves condemnation. The world is a dark place. The world needs to be saved. Jesus did not come into a world that was ready to receive him or a world that deserved the gift of his life. We're people who need his grace. When Jesus speaks of God loving the world, he's telling us that God loved the unlovable. That's why it's called grace. Grace is undeserved. If you look at this passage and you look at the illustration that Jesus gives of the serpent in the wilderness, the people who were bitten were not in need of a little help. They needed total rescue. If they did not look to the serpent, they were dead. Well, that's who we are. We don't need a little help from Jesus. We need to be saved. Well, the third question is, what does this passage teach me to do? Well, first, let me say, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never looked to Him for life, 
You need to do that immediately. You need to do that right now. And if you've never done that and you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say, you can contact us through this podcast. You can contact us through the Facebook page at Fairview Baptist Church. And I'd love to talk with you about that. But however, if you have done that, if you have trusted it, in Jesus. Jesus reminds us in this passage what the Christian life is about. Salvation is not something we do to avoid hell and then live however we want. He says in verse 21 of John chapter 3 that we need to come to the light so that his works in us and through us can be clearly seen. The point of the Christian life is not for me to draw attention to myself, not for me to be good for goodness sake, but for me to let the Spirit of God work in me and through me so that everyone around me sees how obvious it is that God is at work. So my question to you is, how can you live today so that people see God in you? Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. We'll be back on Monday to discuss John chapter 3, verses 22 to 36. And if you want to continue your scripture reading over the weekend, I want to encourage you, read a psalm or a chapter in Proverbs and let that sink into you. My prayer for all of us is that everything we say and do today would seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Yeah.